So a few days before the invasion, Putin gets on TV and addresses the nation. I love him even with his like hat and, and his Henley shirt, you know what I mean? The disheveled look. He's just awesome. You need to hire his editor. He's his editor, dude. That's his whole th shtick is that he's like an incredible editor. It's this unsurprising hour-long history lecture where Putin lays out his grand intricate argument as to why Ukraine, in fact, isn't a real country. Instead, Ukraine was created by the authors of the Russian Communist Revolution a hundred years ago. And now Ukraine, this invented country that's just an extension of Russia itself, has been hijacked by the US and Europe who have installed neo-Nazi thugs to run the show. But the message was clear. Putin was basically like, Ukraine, if you're gonna disavow communist Russia and all of the things that it gave to you, you don't deserve the land that you got from communist Russia. And in fact, all of this land still belongs to Russia and we're gonna take it back. I mean, he did say that. His analysis on this front is not wrong. I mean, this is pretty much what he said. Like, what do you guys think that we'll show you decommunization? What, what do you think that meant? That's what it meant. I mean, that's what he was saying. But this warped historical framing of who rightfully owns this land isn't quite enough to justify an invasion. Maybe in like... 1860 or something, but not today. So let's get the facts here. Within Ukraine, there is indeed a faction of far-right neo-Nazis who have a political party. I love the latest coverage of Azov Battalion ranged from Ukraine, like every single fucking outlet, including like the Atlantic Council. You know what I mean? Like the people that are very much at the helm of like uh, regime change and like uh, favorable Western influence in Ukraine. All these people that are like, also admitting that like Ukraine has a gigantic Nazi problem to the NPR broadcasters like this week being like, what is, what is that uh, swastika that you have in your hand? What does that imply? And the guy being like, I can't say, I cannot say. It, it straight up went from like, this is a real issue. This is a real issue. This is a real issue to like PBS fucking interviewing the dude with the Bandera poster behind him. The NPR being like, what's, is that a swastika? Like, why do you, he's like, I cannot say. And a militia force. One guy this, said it's just a sun sign. <laughs> yeah. This militia force has actually joined the Ukrainian army in the past eight years to fight Russia back from annexing any more territory in the east of the country. You may have remembered that Russia took over a big part of Ukraine called Crimea eight years ago. Ukrainian forces have set up a perimeter. Bro, I swear to God, literally the same. Same guy. Same hair. They're all sexy. Same person. Why? Well, how? Where do they find the hot generic war reporter, dude? I'm fucking losing it. But it's clear that we are completely surrounded by Russian forces. Yeah, these neo-Nazi fighters, sort of nationalist guys, came up as a resistance to that. And yeah, Putin's got one thing right. These are not good. Okay, first of all, they didn't come up as a resistance to that. How are you going to talk about, like, uh, Kievan Rus? But then not talk about Bandera or talk about like the nationalist movement within Ukraine. He was like, at first, you know, we were just a gas cloud. And then we were like a toad-like figure that was able to walk away from the water 
and then skipped like the most fundamentally important part about Ukrainian nationalism that makes it such a significant problem, a unique problem, if you will. They are like 3% only. Who cares? No, it's not. It's not just Svoboda and it's fucking 3% support in a 44 million person country. It is the history of Ukrainian na na uh, nation, nation building. Oh my God, I can't talk. What do you mean? It's just 3%. America has done more with less support. You understand? Good people. These are literal neo-Nazi white supremacist soldiers that commit all sorts of atrocities and train- right, people, people are failing to comprehend something incredibly and profoundly important here. And that is that one, nationalism doesn't fucking work the same way that it does in America. Two, we are funding, training, and legitimizing the 3% or those who represent the paramilitary branch of the 3% that are actively operating within the military, within the National Guard. That is the problem. I don't know how you guys are not uh, seeing that that is going to be an issue, and it is an issue already, and it's going to be even a larger issue. It's not that it's just 3%. It's that historically, we have utilized that 3% to take over many, many times over. All sorts of atrocities and train children in their ideology and fighting tactics. So yeah, Putin, I get it. These are bad people, neo-Nazis. We don't like them. But Putin is claiming that these are the people running the country, running Ukraine. When in fact, if you look at the data from the 2019 election in Ukraine, you'll see that the country's ultra-nationalist far-right coalition gained barely over 2% of the vote and zero seats in the parliament. They are a small group of extremely fringe far-right fighters that Putin has latched onto. Oh, and there's a more obvious bit of data here, which is that the Ukrainian president is Jewish and has family who died in the Holocaust. You By the way, it, the mega brain, mega brain lip take when you're talking about uh, uh, like definitely not having uh, neo-Nazi ties at all, when you point to a guy who is on the record doing Holocaust revisionism, Bibi fucking Netanyahu, who absolutely has aligned with fascists at the global level time and time again. So, like, this does not absolve you of anything, okay? Zelensky is not a Nazi. That's it. He's not. The capitulation that he does to Nazis is the same level that you see in every government, okay? Every single government. We have Nazis in America. There are Nazis in the AFD in Germany. There are Nazis everywhere. Unfortunately, that ideology is growing, partially because we just keep happening to you know help them out all the time it's very weird it's just we just keep doing that okay but he's a lib he's a liberal <laughs> but it, again it's, it's just crazy to be like oh dude look at him hanging out <laughs> with Bibi netanyahu <laughs> dude here here let me let me uh talk more about this really quickly one more time okay Oh no, what did he do? Wait, what? That's crazy. Human rights activists petitioned the court to cease Israeli arms exports to Ukraine since some of these weapons reach neo-Nazi elements in Ukraine's security forces. What? No shot, dude. What? That's crazy. Of course, of course. This idea that like, oh, dude, he's Jewish. Like he can't be uh, a neo-Nazi is ridiculous, but he isn't a neo-Nazi. Stop. Also, none of this, once again, justifies invading Ukraine. To balance my view on this, because I'm in the West and I'm getting all Western media, I have actually been watching 
Russian state TV to like see what the narrative is on their side. And I can tell you that they actually believe that the country is run by Nazis. Okay, dude, if you don't mention uh, Ukraine's history of nationalism and Pandera's uh, uh, work with Nazi Germany and the 1.6 million, according to some estimates, uh, all the way down to conservative estimates claiming 900,000 Ukraine Jews dying in the Holocaust, being brutally fucking violently murdered in the Holocaust at the hands of Nazi Germany that was working side by side with the Ukrainian nationalists who thought that Germany would offer them a uh, USSR-free sovereign nation and how in 2010, the Ukrainian government literally wanted to offer a heroic medal, the, the highest honor to Bandera, the guy who did that. You're missing a big chunk of the plot. That's why you can get away with saying, oh, Svoboda, 3%. That's nothing. It's nothing. It is reminiscent of the practices and methods of Nazi Germany. And we're seeing a full revival of Nazism and fascism in Ukraine. I've tried to dig into this to try to understand, like, is there more like meat on the bone here? No, there's not. A fringe group of militiamen in the Far East are what Putin is basing this off of. Over here in Okay, that's okay, that's not true. That's literally not true. You said you just did your research and you looked at what, like three Russia Today clips? Obviously those guys are doing fucking propaganda. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh my god. Yes, Bandera was thrown into a concentration camp and then released from the concentration camp. But Bandera's uh, Ukrainian nationalists continued doing purges while he was in the concentration camp and also after he was, get, he was freed from the concentration camp. Bandera's reasons for being thrown into a Nazi concentration camp was not because he was, uh, I, I don't know, fucking bravely fighting against them or something. Okay, there were fucking Slavs that were in concentration camps for... Uh, what's the term? I think it was because uh, they were not collaborating enough with uh, Nazis because Nazis didn't see Slavs as fucking uh, uh, human either. They they thought Slavs were also subhuman. They need to be servile. Ukraine's Nazis literally just causes belly. They need something to say when they invade. I don't believe that. Even Putin really thinks that. Yeah, I mean, the idea that like, oh, you want to denazify a country, that's why you have to invade them and make them all fucking super nationalistic, understandably, because they see it as like a, a liberation from a imperial power is, is idiotic, self-defeating, stupid, foolish, made up. Where did you read that? Absolutely not true. Where did I read what? The history of Bandera? Is that what you're saying? Hundreds of Ukrainian nationals march in honor of Nazi collaborator Stefan Bandera led Ukrainian insurgent army, which fought alongside Nazi Germany during World War II, killing thousands of Jews and Poles. 3% though, bro, you know? The other side of this problem that, uh, you know, it gets lost in the fucking sauce is also, I mean, fuck Bandera, obviously. I mean, a significant number of Ukrainians died. A significant number of Ukrainian Jews died. The most conservative estimate being 900,000, all the way up to 1.6 million. And like 7 million Ukrainians died fighting the Nazis. So clearly it's a little bit more complicated than just thinking every single person is like, uh, every single person is, is a, a fucking Nazi in Ukraine. Of course not. The point is not a single one of those people got fucking <laughs> any sort of, they, there was no investigations conducted. There were no punishments doled out to those who actually did that, to actually collaborate with the Nazis. And not only that, but in 2010, he was afforded the highest honor. But it was so goddamn controversial that they had to rescind it by using like, uh, well, technically he wasn't a fucking citizen of Ukraine. So we can't give him the highest honor shit. So that if that doesn't indicate anything to you, I don't know what to fucking tell you about like, 
how easily certain uh, certain areas that are fearful of imperialist uh, invasion too, by the way, justifiably fearful, can can very quickly turn into uh, hyper-nationalist, ultra-nationalist people and all, turn to ultra-nationalist parties as the emancipatory force who have not you know, done enough research on, on how this stuff works. ...country where fewer and fewer people like Russia. In fact, it's a country that ousted the pro-Russian leader in 2014. The people don't want Russia and Putin anymore. They've moved on. But all of these facts are explained away very conveniently by Putin's bigger conspiracy, which is that actually outside forces that are pulling the strings and that the people of Ukraine have been brainwashed by the West. For the record, do you know who Bandera worked with when he was in Western Germany? Originally with British, intelli British intelligence, and then, if I'm not mistaken, Bandera and his supporters, this might actually uh, surprise you a little bit, Reliter agency that uh, still uh, gets brought up in this uh, broadcast quite a bit. So, you know. ...to the maps and look at how the war is actually playing out and help us understand yeah the homeowners that, association I really really want us to keep in mind putin's story because it really will make everything click so let's just go over it really quickly putin's story is really four things no he didn't collaborate with the kgb uh unless you mean collaboration is when they put a bullet in his head i think i actually i don't know how they executed him but it kgb did kill him in munich one, Ukraine really belongs to Russia. Number two, it has been hijacked by the US and Europe, i.e. the West. Number three, the West is controlling Ukraine with its neo-Nazi puppets, also that the West military alliance called NATO can use Ukraine as a bridge to get to Russia, who they want to defeat. And all of this leads to Putin must invade to free Ukrainians and protect Russia from the West. That is it. That is the justification that Vladimir Putin has been building for years, if not decades. Повторю, наши действия это самозащита от создаваемых нам угроз и от еще большей беды, чем та, что происходит сегодня. Minutes after this second address last week, where he laid out all of his justifications, in the middle of the night, the rockets start flying and the tanks start rolling. I love to rescue a country by doing this, by the way. What an incredible way to rescue a nation from uh, Western influence by one, galvanizing and legitimizing the absolute worst reactionary uh, uh, people by doing exactly this. And two, again, legitimizing all of the help that they've gotten from the West to be able to purge back the invading fucking forces. Incredible stuff by Putin. I mean, holy shit. What a, what a 5D chess player. What a, what a strategic grandmaster he is. What an incredible way to, to denazify a country. Incredible stuff. Just straight America, baby. Like, unironically, exactly the same as like, we're, we're bringing, de we're bringing democracy to him, baby. That's right. That's exactly what this is. And this is how it started. What is becoming the most consequential. Yeah. Putin stole America's flow bar for bar, word for fucking word, dude. Straight up. Incredible war in Europe since World War II, a pretend rescue effort framed as an operation to denazify the country. But wait, remember Putin's story? According to this story, after this initial invasion, Ukrainians were going to wake up from their slumber and welcome him with open arms. The neo-Nazi president was going to flee and Ukraine would be returned to Russia, Putin becoming the savior of the Russian motherland. 
But that is exactly what didn't happen. Outgunned and outnumbered, Ukrainian soldiers and civilians alike are mounting a stiff resistance. I used to teach maths and physics, but two days ago, the Russian army took control of my town, so I signed up to fight. The response of Ukrainians, both military and civilian, is where Putin's story starts to crumble. The entire world is witnessing the determined and brave resistance by the Ukrainians. Well, that on a fuckload of weapons, baby. I mean, <laughs> straight up. I mean, dude, dude, fuckloads. <laughs> Army and population. I have never seen Ukraine this sad united. And as for the president of Ukraine, the alleged neo-Nazi drug addict thug puppet of the West, well, the US actually offered to airlift him out of the country for his own safety. Instead of taking the offer, his response was, quote, the fight is here. I need ammunition, not a ride. He then sent a video around to the country of him in central Kiev, making it known that he is staying. He is fighting. So despite being totally outmatched militarily, Ukrainians are fighting back. Uh, what is Johnny honestly adding to all this discourse? Nothing. He's just making like a good, cool, feel good, pretty lib uh, approach to uh, retelling, dramatically retelling the events that took place. And honestly, I mean, he's not wrong in a lot of the stuff. I just, I, he's not wrong. Excellent. Maybe a little bit of downplaying and saying like, oh, the Nazi thing is not a big deal or whatever. But, you know, We'll have that conversation 20 years down the line. You know what I mean? It's not like a conversation to be had right now in this very moment. And, and people don't want to have that fucking conversation regardless. Uh, and they will never want to have that conversation. And people will continue to say the exact same shits that people say about Afghanistan now to this day. But other than that, I mean, he's right. Putin has failed spectacularly with all of his stated goals, no matter how fucking ridiculous those stated goals were. Like, he doesn't have to bring up the blatant mistreatment of African, Indian, Middle Eastern students, like in this video, like not everyone has to cover that every aspect, every element of it. This video is, is uh, done in a very narrow framework that uh, covers the events that took place, Putin's goals and what has happened and what has unfolded thus far. Maybe it's a little bit too, it's a little too heavy on the, on the copium that like, uh, you know, Ukraine is like fucking crushing, destroying, absolutely comstering. And they're going to win no matter what. They're going to win no matter what. But other than that, it's good. Men volunteering to fight. Molotov cocktails for those who want to fight but don't have a gun. A tweet from the Ukrainian Defense Ministry to prepare Molotov cocktails to throw at the occupiers. Well, I'm here in order to protect my family, my country. I mean, this is, you know what this is? This is a sexy way to like, this is what the Pajans do, right? Well, they're, where they're like, we're independent. Like, we're not towing the the dnc line at every step of the way uh the podjons do a really good job with this where they make themselves seem as to be like more independent than the average news uh, cast that you can get that's exactly what johnny harris is doing here as well he took every single thing that you've heard on cnn and turned it into a 27 minute video and it's like sexy it's zoomer focused it's it, it doesn't offer any sort of like additional analysis. It doesn't feature anything that, is, that you haven't heard before. There is an incredible sense of unity here. The morale is very high. Okay, this sounds all positive and it is, but this is still war and Putin can still conquer a lot of land. He seems to believe in his fantasy story so much that he's gonna keep up this crusade. But I'm here to tell you that Putin has already lost this war. I mean, let's play this out so I can show you what I mean. 
Let's say Putin keeps going. He keeps sending troops in and missiles despite all of this resistance. He could eventually take over the major population centers, oh, including no, the capital the Kiev. Of the all of this right. with the same goal that he's had the whole time, which is oh. getting the Ukrainians to give up and realize that Russia is actually the country they want to align with. He's also kind of hoping that maybe the Ukrainian military will come to their senses and take over the government and negotiate with Putin. But let's say they never do, they probably won't. Instead, they keep doing what they've been doing for the last week. And this is exactly what I fucking despise. Americans fantasizing about a war overseas without thinking about the repercussions. People constantly make uh, comparisons to Afghanistan. Look at Afghanistan right now. It's not great. That is the problem that I always have with ongoing war. We talk about Ukrainians and their potential for insurgency in these really flowery terms. Like that's going to be a good thing. Like an endless occupation that they have to purge year over year for 20 fucking years, dude. That's not a good thing at all. That is a horrible, horrible, disastrous reality for Ukraine. Just like it was a horrible, disastrous reality for Afghanistan and the people of Afghanistan. It's like romanticizing about uh, the plight of the Ukrainians and, and thinking about them this way is great from afar when you're, you know, 6,000, 7,000, 10,000 miles away. But these are real fucking people. These are real accountants, real math teachers, real math students, coders, Hasanabi heads that are throwing their lives on the line. Resisting, defending, condemning, and broadcasting all of it to the world on the internet. So Putin has no choice but to drive the government out and install a pro-Russian regime. In order to do this, he's going to need a massive military presence to keep control of these cities and their people. It's now costing him millions of dollars. And the reality is if America wanted to, they could fucking put an end to this like yesterday. Crippling his economy, which, by the way, is only like the size of Texas. I mean, one of the biggest knocks on Putin's plan is the sheer size well, of Ukraine. Let's zoom out and realize that Ukraine is huge. It's the biggest country in Europe, if you don't count Russia, the giant country that extends into Asia. Occupying this entire landmass would be basically impossible for Russia. So you have a map that maybe looks something like this, which gives plenty of space for Ukrainians to gather and mount their resistance giving Russia hell for an indefinite period of time. Meanwhile, back home in Russia, they've now seen the imagery from the ground. They now see that Putin's story justifying this invasion is total BS. There's no Nazis, there's no brainwashing. Are you a war hawk now? Wait, what? Instead, How? in this scenario, Russians are thinking of deaths of our Ukrainian brothers and sisters while also destroying the Russian economy. What? No, America could put a stop to this yesterday. Doesn't mean put a stop to it by fucking instituting a no-fly zone, guys. No. What I mean is, America is the soiling party at the table that is the secret party behind the Western influence that Ukrainians rely on. They are the ones that you, you see France and you see Germany trying to execute some kind of ceasefire, some kind of negotiation, some kind of neutralization. And the reason why it's not happening is because America is the party behind those, like the, the one with the actual fucking power to make concessions at the behalf, on behalf of Ukrainians at the, you know, that's the unfortunate reality. That's precisely why Zelensky keeps calling for NATO to do a fucking no-fly zone. That's why he keeps calling for more ammunition. A ceasefire means that you give up Ukraine? No, it doesn't. Especially because if you think that you are overestimating the power of the United States, no, I'm not, dude. You're crazy. The way a negotiation works is both sides make demands. 
and concessions are made. You understand? Both sides make demands and concessions are made. Russia's demands as it stands, literally according to the call that was made to the Chancellor of Germany and also the call that was made with Macron, neither of which were productive according to either party, the demands were as follows. Some kind of Minsk agreement being reinstituted and actually being followed. The bulk of the Minsk agreement were uh, Minsk agreement was recognition of the autonomy, not sovereignty, but autonomy of DPR and LPR, so that they can continue, you know, learning in Russian, speak Russian without any without any fear. That will still be inside of Ukrainian borders. The recognition of Crimea being uh, full blown Russian territory and. Lastly, or the last two arguments that are the fucking ridiculous ones, which is the denazification and demilitarization of Ukraine. Those last two, that's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. But the concessions are uh, ones that Ukraine has functionally signed on before. The NATO troops wanting to move back and all this other shit is, you know, that's, that's just whatever. That's never going to happen. <laughs> like, of course not. So what is Russia giving here? An end to the fucking brutality. That's what Russia is giving here. Now, we don't know if Putin will actually fucking uh, accept the concessions. We don't know. We don't even know if Putin will stop if all of the concessions are met. We don't know. And you can say that it's not going to happen and he's not going to stop. Okay, then it's the same as yesterday. It's the exact same as yesterday. And the war continues to wage. And you keep trying to apply pressure. Do you not understand? It's, he won't. It's full annexation. How come you don't get it yet? It's so silly. I'm not saying... Putin is not interested in fully annexing Ukraine, okay? I'm not saying that. What don't you understand? Even if it doesn't work, America coming to the fucking table seriously and saying, yeah, we got to do this. What's the harm in trying? That's what I don't get. Even if it's a total disaster, even if Hassan is pro-Russian, bad take. Yeah, totally. That's pro-Russian. Wanting to try to minimize harm for random Ukrainians is uh, being a fucking pro-Russian. Yeah, no, we should just sit from 10,000 miles away on our fucking goddamn couches and jerk off to this, like, romantic, fantastic uh, uh, Ukrainian nationalist uh, defense brigade, okay? And not even nationalists, just the Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian nation, fighting against a fucking imperial force and dying. Cannon fodder. Let's just turn Ukraine into Afghanistan. You're not going to give a shit about that tomorrow anyway. You're going to forget about it because you live here. You live in the lap of luxury. You live in the imperial core. So you don't give a fuck. Of course you don't give a fuck. It doesn't touch you. It'll never touch you. Part of it is because, you know, NATO is not going to get involved. So it doesn't touch you. You don't get killed in nuclear holocaust. You got your shit situated. You got your shit sorted. You had a really good spawn point. So you're fine. And whenever someone actually even says, whenever someone even says like, well, you have to fucking exhaust all diplomatic options with the hope that like, with the hope that it will turn into Afghanistan for uh, Russia, yes. And you're totally right because the West keeps supplying weapons to Ukraine. Wait, what? People always say it will turn into Afghanistan for Russia, yes. Which, by the way, I haven't even talked about the, the dissolution or the destruction of the Russian state in the aftermath of Putin, a country with 6,000 nuclear weapons and God knows uh, a country that, as far as we know, does not even have a contingency plan uh, that has, you know, 150 million people in it. And holy fuck, I don't even want to think about what's going to happen in the aftermath of Putin. But when you say it's going to turn into Afghanistan for Russia, you fail to recognize what's going on in Afghanistan for Afghanistani pe for the people in Afghanistan, for the Afghan people. You think they're in a good situation overall? No, they're not. 
That's what I'm talking about. Almost every Russian has someone from Ukraine, either a friend or a relative or a colleague. This is a war between brother nations. Part of what I got fucking deeply frustrated by with the Afghan invasion originally was Bush's unwillingness to fucking negotiate with the Taliban. The Taliban said originally that uh, Osama bin Laden was a, a uh, prisoner that they were holding on to and that they were willing to make concessions and give Osama bin Laden to him as long as there was investigations into his wrongdoing and his involvement with 9-11. Of course he did 9-11, obviously. But the counter to that by George W. Bush was, we don't negotiate with terrorists. We're going to bomb you anyway. Shut the fuck up. Who knows what would have happened to Afghanistan if they did negotiate with terrorists? You know, those very same terrorists that we did negotiate with 20 years after, uh, I don't know, biting them over and over again and getting our shit pushed in for no fucking reason. Testers in the streets demonstrating against Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. On top of all of that, the rich Russian... We can't get people to wear masks. You think we can manage a global conspiracy? Ukraine is in Afghanistan. The EU isn't going to let a failed state happen on its borders. Yeah, the EU isn't. Uh, the EU doesn't want a failed state happening on its borders, dummy. America is not a part of the EU. If you look at who has been the most aggressive, if I were to draw a fucking chart of, like, proximity to reactionary attitudes towards, like, uh... Russia invading uh, Ukraine and like uh, less likely to be fucking engaged in diplomacy. Canada and the United States are at the top of that fucking leaderboard. And then UK, UK is like following closely. And the closer you get to fucking Ukraine, the, the more likely your leadership wants to make concessions and negotiate. I wonder why. <laughs> because they recognize what's going to happen. They recognize the displacement. They recognize the, the suffering that the people of Ukraine are going to get uh, put through. America doesn't give a shit because we're so far removed from all the, the immediate and also long-term consequences of that. Russian business guys who keep Putin in power, the oligarchs, they aren't happy because the entire world has cut Russia off. Russia is a great nation full of beautiful culture, geography, history, and people. The vast majority of those people don't want imperial-style expansion and war. They want to live their lives, to prosper, to connect. And yet, the warped, delusional worldview of one greedy man has- Somehow, no, they're gonna despise us using their lives as a political weapon? No, I don't think so. I think Ukrainians, by and large, think the West is on their side. I think Ukrainians don't uh, have this, like, anti... No, they, they won't. They won't. They're too busy fucking fighting. They don't see it as, like, uh, America and, and some of the Western leadership well, dangling NATO membership in front of them when they know very well that that's not going to happen. They see it as, like, thank God they're giving us javelins. And that's correct. Like, thank God they're getting javelins. That's the only way to push against the, the uh, violent uh, imperial forces uh, that are at their doorstep cut off their ability to do that how is that possible the russian people i'm so glad we watched the second thought video first because it like he already addressed the the liberal uh, idealistic version that uh, liberals love talking about have no say in the behavior of their government under the putin dictatorship it's incredibly brave people often young people in russia who are out on the streets protesting you just said sending javelins were good yeah, of course, if a country is fucking invading you, the people on the ground are going to think, thank God I have javelins and, and man pads against the fucking invading forces. 
against what their president is doing. So now the world will stand by and support as they continue to wage this battle for the future of their land, land that belongs to them, not to a Russian dictator. Just for everyone to know, it's our land, it's our home, we will defend it. 13 Ukrainian border guards defiantly telling an invading Russian... Now, do one on U.S. imperialism law? No, 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 let's be fair. Listen, the modern uh, liberal understands American imperialism as a bad thing. Modern liberal, like Johnny, will say America's in the wrong for invading Iraq. They won't say America's in the wrong for invading Afghanistan, but they'll say America's in the wrong for invading Iraq, and they'll say America's in the wrong for staying in Afghanistan for as long as they did. The modern liberal even admits some of the underlying events that life. we participated in that, uh, that turned Afghanistan into uh, what it is, except... The modern liberal will then turn around and say, that was old shit, that was wrong, but this time it's different. This time it's good. It's always hindsight that's 2020. It's never foresight. And, and Johnny Harris has done plenty in, uh, plenty of videos about this sort of stuff, so that's not true. Uh, he has he has absolutely fucking criticized America yeah, invading Iraq, criticized America invading Afghanistan, criticized America in Vietnam and numerous other places. He's talked about American colonialism or American imperialism a lot. How would someone defend the invasion of Afghanistan uh, post 9-11 frenzy? ...to go F yourself when asked to surrender. And we will win. Russian ship, go fuck yourself. Slavo Ukraine. Okay.